The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me podcast. Today on episode eight, I have a very, very special guest, and she is an angel mama wife, and she is a fertility-based um advocate and can you introduce yourself dear tell everybody yes um my name is Dadriana Williams um like mentioned I am an angel mom um I'm an advocate for focusing on faith and fertility um and how also race faith and fertility really intertwine and advocating the need for there to be more women of color to speak up about their stories um, and be bold about the change that's necessary for our communities. Thank you so much for uh, letting everybody which, uh, know who you are and what you do and what you're about. And so I wanted to start with uh, a little bit of background about what got you so deeply involved in uh, faith-based fertility awareness for women of color and Black women. Um, so a little bit about my story. Um, I was pregnant um, and I was five months pregnant, uh, 24 weeks gestation is when I lost my son. Um, I had a pretty healthy pregnancy up until I didn't have a healthy pregnancy. Um, I went into preterm labor um, a couple of days before um, resurrection weekend. And I was actually doing an Instagram live Bible study when I started contracting. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, so um, it was really kind of sort of at this crux and crossroad of my my fertility and my faith that was mm-hmm. tested um, because, you know, I didn't, I hadn't done anything wrong. I wasn't out of alignment with what God was telling me to do. Um, and so that was like really challenging for me. Um, and after I, I lost my son, I had to really, I had to really ask myself, like, you know, am I going to choose to believe the very real pain that I'm experiencing? Mm-hmm. Um, or am I going to choose to still believe in the promises of God? And that was a very, very challenging choice for me to make. Um, but it's a choice that I have to get up and make every day. Um, and saying that I'm going to choose God's will and God's plan for my life. Um, even if that meant that it didn't look like or feel like what I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that can, uh, can, can relate to that and myself included because, you know, it, it does make you think and wonder, you know, well, what the heck did I do to deserve any of this? You know, and especially in your, your case with your son and, um, you know, the way things transpired. So ironic. I, I can remember distinctly the day where everything felt um, like it was almost going, taking a turn for the worse. Mm. Um, was during literally, it was a few days right before like resur- resurrection weekend. Wow. Um, and I was doing this Instagram live. And in the middle of the Instagram live, um, I was doing a Bible study, and I was, Bible studies topic was actually um, understanding God's timing. 
and I was doing the live and I just remember feeling contractions. Um, but in my head, I was like, you know, this is nothing. Like I hadn't really had any pain the entire time of the pregnancy. Um, and so for me, I thought that I was supposed to actually endure a level of pain. Wow. Okay. Which really, um, you know, hindsight 2020, when I think about it, it's like, wow, like as women of color, we assume that we're supposed to take on this pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I probably should have went ahead and ran to the hospital at that point, but I kind of assumed that I was supposed to be able to deal with the level of pain because let's just be real. That's how our communities kind of develop. Black women hold the brunt of, of the challenges of pain. And so we've normalized it. And so that's what I did in that moment. Um, but fast forward, I went to the doctor um, later on that night. I think I let let it go for about at least two and a half hours because, again, I didn't know that I was actually going into labor. Like, I didn't know that yeah. that's what was happening. Because it kind um, of feels like Braxton Hicks. That And that is what I thought it was. Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, it's about that time anyways. But we go to the doctor. Um, they informed me that I had only, I'd actually been dilating two centimeter, two to three centimeters at that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, that sounded like gibberish to somebody who's, you know, at the time I was 27 years old. That sounded like gibberish to me. I didn't really understand what they were talking about. Yep. Um, yep. And the craziest thing, you know, just knowing God does things on purpose just so happened that the hospital that I went to and had been going to this entire time did not actually have a NICU center. Wow. I remember the doctor coming into the room and saying, yeah, there's nothing we're going to be able to do for you. If we deliver this baby, your baby isn't going to make it. And I just thank God for the nurse that was in the room that was honestly having sent from God and said, if you do not advocate for a transfer, they're not going to transfer you. I mean, again, we don't know these things. No. We're young. This is our first pregnancy. So we advocated to be transferred to a hospital. Um, and at the, the next hospital, they had an acute center. Um, you know, I had, so unfortunately, I went through a saclage procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd gotten an epidural. Um, and even in all of the things that were going on, as crazy as it was, mm-hmm. I never forget when I asked my fiance at the time, I asked him to begin to repeat to me Revelation 12. Um, And that is a scripture of the story of the woman that's giving birth. And as she's giving birth, the enemy who at this point is described as like, uh, I want to say like a seven head dragon or something of that sort, was actually trying to take the child. And I do not, I can't say that that was me that was saying, asking my fiance to keep repeating that scripture. I can't say that it was him. I know it was nothing but the Holy Spirit. And in all of that that was going on, Mm -hmm. it was as if God was letting me know that the enemy is not going to take your child. What's actually going to happen is I'm going to take your son. And I need you to know that I'm going to take your son, not because you've done anything wrong, but because I have prepared a place for you in the wilderness where I need you to grow a little bit further. And I need to push you a little bit further and I had to be very, very, very grateful and critical mm-hmm. of how God chose to orchestrate my loss, um, because I do believe that all good things come from the Lord. And some people may feel like a loss is not that, like that's not a good thing. But there were 
abilities and qualities about myself that I always knew to be true, Mm -hmm. but there's no doubt in my mind now that they are the truth. And not only are those qualities the truth, that who I am is the truth, like who Mm -hmm. I have become Mm -hmm. because of this loss, the victories that have come through this loss, the foundation of my faith that's come from this loss, the foundation of my amazing um, partner that has come Mm -hmm. through this Mm -hmm. loss. Um, And so just this intersection again of like faith, race, and fertility, it really rung really loud for me. It was like, wow, like, you know, people assume that, oh, you're Christian. Like that means your life is going perfect once you follow Christ. Right. Or like nothing bad ever happens to you. You're just blessed abundantly every day. And like, that's not the truth. The truth is that those who are closest to Christ are those who are do who do endure the most suffering, but they endure that suffering with a hope in God who is good and will result in giving you everything that you could not even fathom from something that anybody should have been able to crumble under. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's some really good points you've made in the last five minutes, because I did, I'll say this, uh, I had my son the same week that you lost your son. So I was 24 wow. weeks, four days when I gave birth to my son. And he was a 24-weeker, you know, they call them uh, micro preemies, right? Wow. So it's just funny how we connected, you know, on social media, <laughs> you know. And, um, That's this was so in, crazy. <laughs> yeah. And this was 2017 when I gave birth to my son, January 2017 in Washington, D.C. And um, it was actually inaugural Friday when President Trump was um, put into office. And um, so when you said something about not knowing that you were in active labor, I had the same thing happen to me when I was in the hospital because I had been in there a week on bed rest. And I was on the phone with my grandmother, um, God rest her soul, she's passed now. Um, And I was having, I was in active labor and didn't know it. I thought it was Braxton Hicks like you. So Mm -hmm. I just, I just think it's funny how spirit brings us together um, and connects us. Um, in situations like this, and your story is blessing me because it's a tragedy what happened to you, but it also reminds me that my situation could have been worse than what it was. Mm-hmm. And then also pushing us both into purposes beyond our own selves and serving others um, who may be going through it or it may happen to them, you know, at some point and being able to touch them and to help them heal and connecting with one another and being giving voice to our pain, basically. So, yeah. you know, I just think it's funny how, um, you know, things work out and that's amazing that you were able to give voice to your pain and to find purpose in it. Would you, would you agree that you felt like in your pain, you have found your, uh, even greater purpose than what you could have uh, imagined? You know, most certainly, um, because it, it's, it's so ironic. I have to, you know, I laugh at the fact I'm like, wow, like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And yes, to the average eye, it looked like I was doing everything that God wanted me to do. And, you know, me doing an Instagram live Bible study and speaking yeah. about God and speaking of the glory of God to my friends and anybody who knows me. Um, but that was not, I was doing the right thing, but that doesn't mean that that's a God thing. I see what you mean. Yeah. And so now I am, I am most certainly in a place where I've, I've always done the good thing. 
um, and tried my best to do the good thing. But like now I'm at a place where like I'm doing the God thing and that feels different and that looks different and that really creates a different sense of purpose in me um, Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. I am so attuned and aligned to not just God, but the Holy Spirit that's guiding me through every little decision I make because I'm at a place where I can't rely on myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm very skilled. I'm very talented. I'm very smart. Like God has equipped me with so many gifts, um, but at a fault that sometimes there were points of which I relied on my own knowledge and my own strength and my own skills. And now I'm in a position where I can't rely on anything that comes from me. I rely completely and totally on what God tells me to do. And I choose to trust what it is that he says is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally uh, understand that and, 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 uh, and relate to that in many, many ways. And that's something my mother always says. She said, you know, whatever you choose to do in life or one, well, not just choose, but it's purpose has purpose for you and um, that you were created to do one. It will require you to serve others from a place Mm -hmm. of love and good intention. Right. And then two, it will be something that you probably wouldn't have chosen for yourself. And it'll come yeah. fine. I know, right? You know what I mean? Not, <laughs> you hit the, the nail on the head. This is not anything I would have chosen. I was completely unfamiliar with this community. I never forget the day after, because okay, I spent time with my, my, I did deliver him naturally. I spent okay. time with my son. Yes. Um, and I remember, I was like, you know what? There has to be people that have gone through this. Because I didn't know anyone that had lost a child. I didn't yeah. know anyone. Yeah. Especially at 27 years old. I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I've heard of these stories where women who are older and they have children and they lose children. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm at prime fertility age. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, this is like I'm confused and I remember searching high and low I search high and low at least for three months mm-hmm. on social media and I'm pretty active and involved on social media and I could not find communities that looks like me yeah. nor believed what I believed about the God who I serve yeah and that was the space where God was like okay if you can't find it then you can darn sure create create it Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. Because that is what inspired me to. That's what inspired me to create the infertility and me page on Instagram. And it started about a year ago when I wrote a book about my experience with IVF and then having my micropremie son. And I just felt like it was a burning sensation in my chest. You know how it starts right in the pit of your chest and it's like, oh my God, I feel like I gotta say this. And I got so much to say and I have so much to get off my chest. And, but I don't know how I'm gonna get there and I don't know how it's going to transpire. And we forget that. It's not about how you get there. It's just the fact that you get there. Mm. And you follow through with, ooh, I could cry because it has taken me a year to get to this point right now that I'm at. And I just had to step out and put myself out there. I don't know about you, but I am not a person who uh, is outwardly emotional. I'm really good at um, keeping myself together. I would yeah. say it like that. You know what I'm saying? And not <laughs> being exactly vulnerable. And not being vulnerable. And I think as women of color and Black women, we become really good at it. 
because if we're too passionate, it's looked at as being aggressive. And when yeah. we have, <laughs> it is it's just, ooh, it's a and lot. And it's crazy because we, 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 you know, through this journey where I have realized um, as I've come to meet other women who have had similar experiences or as I've come to meet people who just genuinely care about me and yeah. my well-being and are curious to know what happened and how they can be of support. So I've found so many allies. What I have realized is whether you have lost a child or not, whether you have ever been a mother or not, whether you have had to go through this experience by choice or circumstance, which I advocate very openly. Yeah. And all of that, Black women deserve the space to strip themselves of the mask of walking around like it's okay. Yep. Like we deserve that space. We deserve that space just as much as anyone else. And we deserve to be able to be vulnerable without being criticized, without being shut down and without being made feel like our voice is uh, not being heard and it's not important. And so that's why I was like, you know what, when you hit me up, I was like, I, we got to do this because now was the time. There's no better time with social media and being able to reach so many people and, 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 and helping each other come out of the freaking closet. Um, I always, yeah. I, I've been saying that a lot lately, like, lately, like, come on out of the closet because you cannot continue to suffer in silence. It's going to kill you. It kills you from without, uh, from within on the outside. And then it takes years. It's not, a, it's not a quick death. It's a, it's a slow death you know, and everything around you will begin to die because it's just you holding so much in. And it took me a long time and it took me going through IVF and having my son very early and him spending the first four months of his life in the NICU to, mm. to, to bring, and I know you feel that because you lost your son and it took, it takes that, like we got to go through all of that just to get here. But yeah, it's necessary because it's necessary. then where, then where would the passion come from for it? You know what I mean? So Yes, it's ironic you said that. I never forget actually <laughs> listening to a sermon, and I God, I wish I could remember the preacher's name. He said, "God will never lead you through or lead you to something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that He's not going to allow you to go through." And I, when I I was doing that Instagram live, and I remember I was supposed to package it and put it up on my IGTV, and I remember when I got out the hospital. I was like, I'm not posting that. I said, I don't even want to look back at the at the Come moment on. where I Come saw on. my face. Come on, yes. Go into labor. I was like, God, no! How dare you put it on my heart to post this? Like, what? Are you crazy? Like, I felt so disrespected by God. Like, <laughs> you know, honestly, I wish I could have just recorded those conversations because those were the most raw, real conversations that I ever had with God. But you know, I, I eventually kicking and screaming. I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to post it. And I rewatched it for myself. And it was so surreal and like freaky. As I'm watching it, Mm -hmm. it was almost as if that me in the spirit, in the flesh Mm -hmm. was speaking to the version of me that was sitting there hurting about Mm -hmm. losing her child. Mm -hmm. And it gave me so much peace and understanding that it was, I was speaking to myself about the timing. I was speaking to myself about something that I didn't even know that I was going to go through. Wow. And it's those moments that I had, that I was like, you know what? 
no, this doesn't make sense. And no, this doesn't feel good. And no, this is not fair. But at the end of the day, there is something in this that is supposed to be and will be because of my son and because of my experience. Mm, 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 mm. And, (laughs) you know, I didn't want to do it either. I really didn't. Like, I was good with, you know, supporting people on the back end, but to actually do a podcast and put myself out here you know, in a way that was unfamiliar to me and that was strange land, you know, I did not want to do no podcast. I really didn't. I think my voice is, is terrible and I just, and I, and no, I, ma'am, it's and not. I struggle. <laughs> Let me tell you, girl, I struggled with like, oh my God, this is some, bo- this is going to be boring. Ain't nobody going to listen to this. Like only 10 people going to listen to launch on launch day. Today I have like a hundred listens so far. So like, you know, the spirit is just, I'm just telling you, it's like, you, you don't, you don't, you don't want to, you know, I think because we are black women, it's harder for us to sit comfortably, comfortably and peacefully in showing the world who we really are, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Make it the truth and the raw and the realness of it all. And a lot of people don't want to, you know, hear it. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Black women this, black women that, but it's really difficult to be vulnerable in society today. It's very mm-hmm. difficult. And I did not want to do this podcast, girl, let me tell you, I did not. So I, re- I resonate with you in your video. Man, I did not want to do this at all. I almost did not even release it last Friday. Like I was in my, like trying to go to sleep and I had anxiety and I was like, you know what? I'm not releasing this drink. Ain't nobody going to listen to this anyway. You know what I mean? So I, I totally totally uh i totally feel you on that one i definitely do and i think for us like you know for for what we have experienced like we have a fight every day yeah, yeah. like we literally have a fight every day where it's it's more than a choice it's it's like okay i can choose this but now i have to also add the action to the choice you know yeah you like, gotta follow that thing like mm-hmm. that is a fight every day every day i fight and there's some that in in early on um because the the other piece that was like really the like coming home mm-hmm. that was hard coming home mm-hmm. leaving or having to be put in postpartum where i'm hearing other babies crying and i right. don't have or i yeah. have to come home in a wheelchair and i i don't have any home with me or like <laughs> the two months of where my breasts were so engorged and I couldn't sleep. And that was just a reminder that I had lost my son. And all I could do was mm-hmm. cry in pain from my breasts, but also in pain from my loss or mm-hmm. the fact that I couldn't stand up in the shower because my body was so weak. It was just, I yeah. still had to deal with all of the postpartum challenges without having the result <laughs> right. of a child. Right, and then like, you're and dealing with the grief. Talked about. I'm telling you, and you're you're dealing with the grief in the loss of your son. You're dealing with the physical, emotional, and spiritual pain of everything postpartum, and then you're also grieving the fact that you didn't make it to full term with your pregnancy. Like, so you're grieving your pregnancy still, along with losing the baby and all those other things that come with you know your physical body after you had the baby. You had a C-section right uh no i I, I actually i did deliver naturally you did you did say that a few minutes ago yes, yeah you did. okay yeah. okay yeah so, I, you know that man. those 
So that's that's a that's a lot. And I and I I pray daily for any woman who has not given themselves the you know any woman I don't care of the color any woman that has not given themselves the proper time to yeah. go through the grief of that because I was like if I don't deal with this I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, I'm going to go crazy. Yep. I, I didn't see it any other way. No, no, no. You had to. I didn't see it any other way. And and unfortunately for me, with the job that I had, I had not been there for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, so mm-hmm. even when everything happened so quickly, I could I only was able to take two weeks off. Wow. I had to jump wow. right back into work. Oh my and pr- prepare myself mentally for that. Like and and so I can think and I share all this to say I think back all to that all all to that and through that none of that was done in my strength and so regardless of how angry I may have been at God mm-hmm. regardless how disappointed I may have been at God regardless how much I might, may have disagreed with what he did his hand was still over my life yeah yeah because there's no other there's no way we would there's no other right, way right here this time <laughs> right now yeah because you know i'm i'm pretty sure and i probably have read a few stories where mothers have lost babies and they have just been they've gone uh literally insane you know and they have uh they they're on medication now for um, I can depression and ptsd i can understand there was one point where i did i did choose to go ahead i did i, I saw i sought out a therapist mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm, I'm definitely and that's the other thing i like to advocate is that when i say you know faith race and fertility when i say faith i chose the word faith because faith is also action so there yeah. were, there was action behind what I, I did have a therapist i did have a psychologist i did have i was on antidepressants yeah i did go through all of the processes to also get the very human help that God's put God puts here on earth. Exactly. To make sure that Let's I can be real about it. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't just rely on prayer. <laughs> yeah. And you and you know what? And that's I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people who are um spiritual and or very religious, they forget that, you know, all these people and all these specialists were put here for us by the creator so that we can get what we need. Because we are made in the image of him. So therefore, whatever they're offering for you, you need to take advantage of it and get the help that you need. And then he'll give you the strength to move forward and mm-hmm. to get through it because you can't go around it and you can't go under it. You can just get through it and you get through it the best way you can. And you seek the hands of the hand, you know, to seek the help of the hands that are blessed to help you in whatever you need to uh, get help in. And like yeah. you said, faith is nothing without the works, without the work. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's something that I had to definitely like digest for myself. Like God had to tell me that I need to find a therapist because I, I did have the preconceived notion in my head that, oh, if I have to go to therapy, I'm crazy. Yeah. Something wrong mm-hmm. with me. But I mean, at the moment, it, it was something wrong with me. I needed to go to a therapist. I needed to seek that help. And, you know, it's, you, you mentioned something about, you know, spirit, those who are very, very spiritual, something that I feel like is, is uh, you know, oftentimes overlooked or not acknowledged. Um, and that's what this dichotomy of faith and fertility, you know, I think it's so ironic. Preachers preach about, you know, fer- being fertile and birthing something and, and you know, um, how the God, God put something in your womb and, 
you know, yeah. that there's actually not a level of empathy in churches with maybe even possibly acknowledging that you may have a good percentage of your followers in that community who are infertile or have dealt with some type of fertility challenge. Yes, yes, yes. And so coming from a space where like, I very much so believe in God and I believe in faith and I work in faith, hearing, having to then go to, go going back into the church and Mm -hmm. hearing preachers preach from that perspective, I think that there is a level of, discussion honestly a very Mm -hmm. open discussion that needs to be considered and not saying oh don't use words such as the womb or god's birthing it's like use that but with the knowledge and context of how god wants to operate in individuals lives because you can very well misuse and abuse the word of god not intentionally but because you are not empathetic and connected to all of the challenges that may be perceived in your community yeah yeah Excellent, excellent points. Excellent points. And you know, that's, and I, and to reach a lot of people of color and black people, you have to, you have to get them in the church. And I I believe that if we have more open discussions like this in the churches, that it will really heal people because you know, what's the saying goes backsliding and all those things like that. I think that when you have more open and honest discussions in church, people feel like they can be who they are, Mm. you know, and like the Bible tells you to come as you are. And um, I definitely agree. It's so funny. So again, there were so many things that were revealed to me about God, about Jesus during this season of loss when I, you know, at Mm -hmm. that point in time, I was like, God, I need you to make sense of this. This. Do something, say something, give me something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Come um, on. I never, another situation where I've definitely experienced God's presence and his revelation through what he chose to do in my life was he was bringing me back to remembrance of when Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, and I'm mm-hmm. probably pronouncing it wrong. I'm not a bishop <laughs> prophet. All right. I'm put that out there. I'm Just telling an you. average girl who loves God. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, it was right before he was, you know, having to, um, you know, crucify himself. Yeah. And he said, you know, God, if there's any way else that we can do this, you know, but not, you know, nevertheless, not my will, but my yours. Will, yeah. And in that, what God revealed to me was even Jesus had a moment where he battled with God and said, I don't want to do this. Nope. But he went beyond mm-hmm. using the term. Nevertheless, he went beyond his flesh, beyond his own wants beyond his own desires to actually surrender to a greater will that impacts several other people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and at that moment I felt the closest I've ever felt to the storyline of Jesus Mm -hmm. which is yes I was like okay is there any other way we can do this God (laughs) right Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I had to choose and sacrifice and surrender is even the last day of me being with my son my fiance and I we sat there and we prayed and at the end I said God I surrender him back to you because if I had not done that I would have been still carrying that yeah and I would not have been able to move through my healing yeah 
No, I wouldn't. I would not have. But but because I trust God and I believe in him and I understand that I have, you know, honestly, angel mamas, they have a direct line and advocate to heaven. To me, when I think about that, I'm like, that Mm -hmm. is the dopest thing in the world. Like, my mm. son can run around with Pac and Biggie and his grandson <laughs> and talk about how amazing his mother and his father are. Like, to me, I'm just like, that is cool. Like, that's amazing. Like, I could be having a challenge and my son can be looking over me and advocate to the king on high and say, I need you to help my mother with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My son can be there to protect me for what for things I cannot see coming. Like that mm-hmm. is beautiful. Like to me, that's a, that's that's a beautiful, beautiful uh, perspective. That's a beautiful. Like, that is a it. very, very, very beautiful perspective. I did um a photo shoot with a group called uh, the Morning Moms, mm-hmm. and be- beautiful group of ladies. Oh my God, they were so absolutely fabulous and amazing. And we had all none of us had ever even met each other. Some women mm-hmm. traveled as far as DC. Wow, for the photo shoot, and all I could it was the most we did a fairy tale photo shoot there was a horse and carriage Mm -hmm. and i kid you not the sky turned purple and it was like a pink purplish blue which are the colors of you know infant loss awareness yes yes and the message that i got in that moment was like wow all of our children are in heaven rejoicing because they got to meet each other before their mothers met each other and they're excited they are in heaven overjoyed and filled with happiness and probably saying yeah that's my mama down there you know because they knew that this meeting would happen and that they had a hand in being able to orchestrate that i think that that's phenomenal yeah that's amazing that's beautiful and that reminds me of one of the verses in the bible that says one or two are gathered in my name there i will be in the midst and the love that you guys came with the unconditional love, which is the key, is to have unconditional love when you come together and healing with other women when you go through situations like this. And I think that is, um, that's just amazing. It's beautiful. That's a beautiful, beautiful perspective. And um, what happened to you guys, that, that's a beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. I know you reflect on that a lot when you might be feeling a little down and such. Yes, I do. It definitely, it helps me get through. And, you know, that was also another place of where I was able to find sisterhood and find a community of people who you know they understood and they empathized and they understood and they empathized but they didn't let me sit there in my pain yeah 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 they helped bring you up yeah 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 absolutely and I think uh sisterhood is um another good point that you bring up too and finding a tribe or finding a couple of tribes, you know, for various different reasons. Yes. And, and society does so much to keep women apart and to keep women at each other's throats and keeping us divided because there's a very powerful thing that happens when women get together and it's all love and it's all, you know, peace. And it's, and it's, and we come in together just to be together and be in each other's presence and to encourage and uplift one another, which is why it's so important for, you know, women like us to give voice to the voiceless, you know what I mean? And yeah. come together and help each other connect and heal because there's no way that we can do it by ourselves. And I'm gonna be honest and say that there's no way we can, we don't, women connect in a way that they don't connect with men. Yeah, you're right about that. And being, you know, the, 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 the vessels that the creator allows us to bring new life 
onto this earth with, I think that has a lot to do with it because we are life givers. And so when we come together, it's like, I couldn't imagine myself without having at least one or two friends. I don't know how people live their lives without connecting with others that look like them as far as, you know, um, gender is concerned. You know, people, I guess that's why people are, are, are taking their own lives because they don't have any human connection. And so I think it's important that we continue to do things like this and to put together events, you know, like all the events. Yeah, like this. Done. Yeah. I, to me, like this experience that you and I are having, I, I categorize this as one, one of my like life pillars, which is transferring faith. Like whatever I do, like my interaction with a human, I should be able to transfer some level of faith to them and them to me because there's a level of faith deposited into my body and my being. And that's the reason that I wake up. So why not make that transfer into someone else? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and as we stated before, being of service to one another. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing greater in life than being of service to someone else because it takes us out of our selfishness as humans. And, uh, yes. and, 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 and as, because, you know, we're spiritual beings, but we're having our human experience. So, you know, our bodies is just a vessel. And so we have to learn. And I think that's the kind of the thing that's going on with the world right now is that we've come to a place where it's so much greed, so much selfishness. And now there's an awakening of people like us who are getting back to the basics of serving one another. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think it's just going to continue to grow. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And it has no, it it sees no color and it sees no gender. And so, um, yeah, this is just, this is, this will definitely be a day that will be written down in my book forever. And um, so what would you, what would you, what kind of tips would you give for those coping with the loss of infant, um, and for those who are infertile, who may have lost um, in miscarriage and such. So the the first tip that I would definitely give is to, you know, seek a community, um, but be very specific and diligent in the type of community that you want to engage in. Yeah. Um, yes, everyone has their own individual grieving processes, but there's, there are going to be some communities where their grieving process may not be yours and that's okay um and don't just stay in that process with them because you 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 want the community so you need to be very diligent about the type of community you want to be engaged with um and then the second thing um which will be the i feel like the most critical thing is to challenge yourself about the concept of being fertile um and producing because we were created to be fruitful not just through our birthing of lives but through the birthing of ideas concepts businesses brands nonprofits, etc i think that there's always this notion of the value of a woman being the uh, the amount or number or quantity of humans they can produce. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like the most valuable thing for a woman is to know that her womb creates life and purpose. And knowing that life and purpose does not have to necessarily exist through a human. God works in multiple ways. He works through things. He works through visions. Mm-hmm. He works through you. And so really to challenge yourself on what you feel like 
fertile is and challenge yourself to ask, you know, ask yourself, mm -hmm. who gave me this definition of being fertile? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after you ask yourself, like, I need to define what fertile is for me. Mm -hmm. And I need to be able to create my reproductive narrative. So um, that was actually something that, you know, hopefully we can, we can share that information. I have a reproductive narrative, um, like activity mm -hmm. that I encourage women to do. I did it for myself and I wrote down my narrative. I wrote down the narrative about what my womb represents for me beyond me producing children. Gotcha. There are things that God has placed in my womb that will be produced through me. And that doesn't mean that it's, it's only a child. I pray that's deep, that's that, that, that it will be. I, you know, I do want children. I do want a family. Yeah. But that doesn't stop what God is producing inside of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. That's, a, that's deep. <laughs> that, that is deep. Yeah, um, and you know what? Because we suffer these things, we oftentimes forget about everything else going on in life. Yeah. Um, you know, like you stated, finding, you know, working more towards your purpose and your passions and uh, being of service to others through, you know, the pain that you have been through. That's good. I'm going to make sure I put that in the uh, show notes so everybody can get, um, do you have a copy of it on your website? Um, I do actually have a copy of it on my website, so I can most certainly send that over to you in an email. Yeah. Um, or even if it's the actual, you know what? I'll send you the PDF, the worksheet. Okay. That way people can like directly download it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That yeah, would be I, I would amazing. prefer to people to just, you know, have immediate access to yeah. it and, and be able to use it. And then I also wanted to ask, was there anything that your journey with losing your son and that you may still be learning, but didn't learn previous to your um, struggle with losing him? Was there anything that you, you kind of were aware of, but maybe it took your understanding to a deeper level? Yes. You know, honestly, so part, part of my losing my son, I realized that I'm actually allergic to a couple of the um, inducing labor medications. Wow. I did not know. Um, I actually had an anaphylactic reaction in the middle mm. of giving natural birth, um, which was the scariest thing of my life. Um, but I mean, now, now I know what I'm allergic to. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. like advocating young ladies, like, and I, it's crazy. I went to Spelman, um, mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. all black women, uh, institution. Yeah. And I wish that I would have been more aware about my body and how my body works and what, you know, like mm -hmm. I just, I, and there, look, I'm not, I can't actually don't want to blame this on Spelman whatsoever because <laughs> there most certainly <laughs> probably were some courses that maybe I just didn't take. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe I missed that memo, but you know, I think that it's extremely important for women to know about fertility and how their body works prior to wanting to get married and have children okay like you just need to know yeah like I'm, I'm now on the fertility journey where i'm learning about ivf i'm learning about iui i had never even considered think like i didn't even know what those acronyms were no before mm -mm. all of this mm -mm. but i think that it is better on the front end to be aware of all of your options for mm -hmm. fertility instead of waiting until something bad happens yeah yeah absolutely and um, a lot of people say the same thing, you know, even me, like I, I was aware of IVF. Um, I don't think I had heard of IUI 
or I just didn't, because it wasn't my life, I wasn't like, I was kind of ignorant to it. So I wasn't really paying attention to it. Or if I saw it in a movie, you know, you see the lady with her legs up in the yeah. air, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just crazy how uh, life works out sometimes. And so give everybody your social media handles where they can connect with you and get to know you better. Yes. So um, I can actually be found on Instagram under day underscore Williams. That's D-A-E underscore Williams. And also on Facebook at Daydriana Williams, which is my legal name. Um, And I'm sure we'll be able to insert a link. And also I do have a website um, which features several other stories um, about not just fertility, but about my journey in Christ, um, as well as free resources for faith influencers and bloggers alike who want to leverage social media. And that website is Lily Amongst Thorns. That's L-I-L-Y-A-M-O-N-G-S-T-T-H-O-R-N-S.com. Um, definitely check it out. I always have freebies on there because however I can help people spread the word of God, that's what I'm here to do. Awesome. Thank you so much for giving out your handles. And it will be in the show notes, everything that we've mentioned, the uh, fertility narrative paperwork, the PDF file, um, Dejiana's website, and then Dejiana's FB and uh, Instagram will be in the show notes. So you can refer to that at any time and come back if you need to at a later time and connect and heal with her on her social media handles. Dejiana, I appreciate you, sis. I love you for this. We got to get you back on the show as well and do some other collabs. Um, I appreciate you so much for coming on today, dear. Thank you so much for having me um, because you are most certainly a part of my healing journey. And I just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much, dear.